0: All right, Um, if you've got a Bible, grab it, open it, turn it on, follow along on screen in your outline, or use the Central Church app. Mark chapter 5 is where we're going today, and we're starting a brand new series um, called Misinformed. Now, the reason that we're doing this series is because there's so much... Misinformation. Let's, let's call it that. Misinformation that goes on, um, in what is known as the Christian church or the, the Christian community. People are always fighting. I don't know if you've ever noticed that or not, but in church, they're, they're always fighting. Like there, there are, there are tons of denominations. The denominations come because people fight and then they get and they start this new thing and they say we're gonna call it this and we're gonna do that. And then within those denominations, they start splitting. Have you noticed this? every year, it seems like they have some kind of convention where their denomination gets together, and then they fight within the denomination, and then they're splitting off, and people don't know what to do, and churches are closing down. Pastors are quitting. People are walking away, and I'm going to argue that most of that, most of it, happens because of misinformation. I think a lot of times, um, people say things, and I believe, I believe most of the time they mean well, but it's not what the Bible says. Like, they're going to take an argument and they're going to put it forth and they're going to and they're going to claim that this is what God wants. But it's it's not what the Bible says. And so they mean well, but but they're not really or or or, or they don't mean well at all. And when I say that I'm talking about there are people who really want to take what God has already said in his word and, and just totally twist it and say, well, that's not for today or we don't have to listen to that or we can do it this way. And, and, and listen to me. God's not changing his mind. God is not going to change his mind about what he said in his word. He closed it. Like he, Revelation closes. We all understand this, right? It closes. It stops. He's not putting anything new inside of it. He's not changing his mind. He's not looking at us and saying, "Oh my gosh!" And all the time, and all of history, your argument—I've never heard that. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, like that's not going to happen. It's—it's it's just not. But we keep making up these things, and we keep spewing out all of this misinformation, and then everybody gets really, really confused. And that's what this series is going to be about. Clearing up the information that we hear about the Bible or Christianity. Now, let me say this before I really, really, really dive in. Today's just the, the setup message to the series, right? It's where we have to get to go there. But, but we have, we need to realize that we have a spiritual enemy in this world. His name is the devil, Satan, Beelzebub, whatever name, label, tag you want to put on that idiot, all right? I believe he really does exist. I, I, I do. I, I do. I believe he... And I believe he's at war... ...with every single one of us. And I really do believe he wants us to get caught up in this confusion. He wants us to get caught up in this misinformation. He wants us to get caught up in negative self-talk... ...and negative self-thinking. He wants us fighting with each other. Because I believe if he can get us caught up in this fighting... ...and this misinformation... ...and this negative self-talk about ourselves... ...then we won't step into the abundant life... ...that Jesus Christ has offered every single one of us. What he's promised us. And I really do believe that because of how everything works today, how we get all of this information, email and text, we, we, we've given people way too much access to our emotional stability and our spiritual well-being. And because of that, we've bought into their, their misinformation rather than the good news or the true information, the truth, right? The Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. Isn't that what Jesus said about himself? Did he say, I am the way? The truth and the life. If everyone wants to come to the Father, he must come. How? Through me, right? And so the truth. And so Jesus Christ. Is the truth that we see over and over and over again in the scriptures. And so, what I want us to do today is I want us to begin to take a step forward in learning how to turn our attention towards what is true and right Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, rather than the misinformation that the world feeds us on a daily basis. And I'm going to start out by asking you a question about where you focus. I'm going to ask this question, and then we're going to jump into the story in Mark chapter 5. Now, this question is not intended to produce any guilt within you. It's not intended for you to hang your head low. Oh, I do no, I just I don't know what I do. It's not. It's intended to help us take steps forward in our relationship with Jesus Christ. All right? So this is what it is. This This is key. This is key for every one of us as we look at what is true in our lives. It's this question right here. What do I intentionally do on a daily basis to put my focus on Jesus? What do I intentionally do on a daily basis to put my focus on G- That's a question for everyone in this room. What do I do? What do you do daily? Not weekly. Because listen, listen, listen. I'm glad you're here. But once a week isn't going to do it if you're going to believe the good news rather than the misinformation of the world. And, and by the way, I'm not going to give you this morning a list of 28 things you have to do or you should do. Because one of the things I've learned in my 25 years of following Jesus is following Jesus really isn't a science. It, it, it's an art. There, there, are, there are different approaches. And, and what I say by that, it, what I mean by that is, is all of us have different next steps. The way he's calling me isn't necessarily the way that he's calling you. The step he's calling me into isn't your step. Ultimately, our, our goal, our end goal is the same. Glorification in heaven, right? That's our, that's our ultimate goal. But we're all gonna take different ways to get there, right? He's gonna call us in different ways. And so what works for me might not work for you. What works for you might not work for me. And so, When I ask you, when I ask you this question, what do I intentionally... Listen, don't miss this. You have to be intentional about it. You've got to be intentional. Nobody grew closer to Jesus by accident. Nobody. Nobody accidentally follows Jesus. Man, I just woke up one morning and I was in love with Jesus. I have no idea how it happened. That doesn't happen by accident. It happens because we're intentional about it. So for me... This is me. Many of you know this. I'm a Bible guy. I love my Bible. I love to read the Bible. That's how I connect. That That's it. That might not be you, but the best way I connect with Jesus is reading my Bible. Also, many of you, um, you might know this. You might not. One of the best things that you can put on your phone, it's like $5, is the Dwell Bible app. D-W-E-L-L. There's like a ton of different Bible versions on it. People read the Bible. You can select background music to it. Every night, every single night, I turn this thing on. Felix from South Africa Reads me the new American standard of the Bible to guitar music. I just turn it on, throw it next to my bed and I fall asleep listening to the Bible. Like it's, it's just for me, it's just great. That's how I connect. You might not be that way. You might be a worship music person. I have a friend. They love to get up, put on worship music. Like they get wrapped up in worship music. They love that. And it works for them. Doesn't work for me. It just, it doesn't. Chloe and I, my daughter, um, we went, about a month ago, we went to a Maverick City music concert. Um, I don't know if you guys know Maverick City music, but they're absolutely phenomenal. Um, It was one of the most incredible spiritual experiences of, like, like, indescribably incredible. It was, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I came back. I tried to play that music in my office. <laughs> I can't connect the same way. Like that's just not me, right? When, when I'm writing sermons, it's, it's Metallica and Motley Crue. Like I just, that's what it is. <laughs> You're probably saying you probably should listen to more spiritual music. Your sermons would be better. Um, so, so music, um, other people, the, the, the prayer, like prayer is their, is their big thing. They go on prayer walks. You've heard of prayer walks. We encourage prayer walks here. You go outside, you pray, and you walk. It's real simple. Um, I get caught up in that. I'm walking. God, I want to have a good day today, and I'm going to pray for, oh, squirrel. I'm like, ah. You think I'm joking, right? That's how, like, I am that jacked up. Like, that's it. And so what is it? That's all I'm asking. That, that's this, this big question right here as we start out this series. What do you do? And listen, I'm not asking for you to commit to an hour. I'm not even asking you to commit for 30 minutes. I'm saying there's got to be something. Start small, five, 10 minutes a day. I always recommend the beginning of your day. I think that's best. The beginning of your day, take five, 10 minutes and just intentionally connect with Jesus. Because listen, The world is going to try to pull us away from everything that Jesus has for us. And if we're not careful, the world will make a good case as to why we should give up. And it tries to get us to give up all the time by the misinformation that feeds us every single day. To discourage us. To pull us away from the way, the truth, and the life. I'm going to show you this in this story. Mark chapter 5 verse 21. Jesus got into a boat again. And, and went over to the other side of the, of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him at the shore. L- listen, everywhere Jesus went, right? We, we've talked about this before. You've heard me say this. He had like rock star status. People just surrounded him everywhere he went. They followed him along. They're a leader. Everyone say leader. A leader. It's important. They're a leader of the local synagogue whose name was Jarius. Say Jarius. All right. So a leader named Jarius. There, um, the local synagogue, his name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come, watch this, please come and lay hands on her, heal her so she can live. His name was what? He was a what? And he asked Jesus to do what? Heal her. He said, I want you to heal my little girl. Right now, watch this. Verse twenty-four. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. Then there's so much going on in this text. Um, I'm going to take. I'm going to take a second to unpack it. Um, there, again, there's so much, so much, so much. I'm so excited about everything that happens in here. Um, how many of you are parents? How many of your parents? Lots of parents in here, right? Having a kid is one of the scariest things on the planet. Yes or no? Yes. Remember the day you brought them home from the hospital? Remember that? It doesn't make any sense, does it? Because you can go to Walmart today and buy a brand new TV. And they send you home with that TV and you open it up. And there's an instruction manual this thick to tell you how to run the TV. But you bring a living human being into the world. And at the hospital, they're like, good luck. See ya, we're out, right? It's scary. And, and while we get attached to our kids, there's no instructions on how to raise them. Now, I know every once in a while you'll meet somebody who's so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. And they're like, oh, the Bible is God's instruction on how to raise kids. No, it ain't. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because if your kid's freaking out at Walmart, you don't have a verse. You do not have a verse. You're opening up the Bible, flipping through. God, speak to me. Oh, Deuteronomy 28:53. You will eat your children. <laughs> I mean, he's driving me nuts, but I don't know if I'm going to eat him. We don't have instructions, but we're smart enough to know that when our kids are sick, we, we need to do something. By, by the way, when your kid's sick, like it's one of the saddest things in the world to see your kids sick. Yes or no? Yeah, we don't enjoy that. When your kid gets sick, we know though, I should do something. Like, I should at least pray about it. I should call the doctor. I'm gonna do something. Jarius isn't that much different than us. Jarius, he essentially pushes his way through the crowd, right? There's a crowd of people gathered around Jesus. And so I can imagine Jarius just throwing elbows, just kind of pushing his way because he's gotta get up front. Which is crazy. Because think about this for a second. He was a what? He's a leader. He was a local synagogue leader. Which means he was an incredibly religious person. Yes or no? Yeah, he's a leader of the synagogue. He's a religious person. The religious people in this day did not like Jesus. The religious people of the day did not buy into who Jesus was. They didn't believe Jesus. They didn't care for Jesus at all. And so Jarius, religious leader Jarius, most likely couldn't even stand Jesus. But don't miss this. When Jairus got desperate, he put aside his reputation and said, my little daughter is dying. My my little princess is dying. Screw it. If this guy can help, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get in front of this guy and I'm going to ask this guy to help. He didn't have the best connection with Jesus. As, As a matter of fact, I don't believe he was desperate for Jesus. I believe he was desperate for his little girl to be well. Here's what I really believe. I don't believe that Jairus was desperate for Jesus. I believe Jesus was actually desperate for Jairus. I believe Jesus knew there was a man named Jairus. And Jesus knew that this man named Jairus had a daughter who was very sick. And I believe it was Jesus who put himself in a position to actually be in front of Jairus because I believe that Jesus was desperate to do something in Jairus' life. This is what we call effectual calling. When Jesus gets himself in front of you and puts himself there and calls you. Listen, the same God that was walking this earth 2,000 years ago is amongst us today. And if you don't hear anything else I say today, you need to hear this. We serve a God who's desperate for you. Desperate for you. And he's calling you. He is calling you. There is a moment. You can hear about Jesus a thousand times and not get it. But there is a time where you're right there, right now, where he grabs you. You know why? Because you're His from the beginning of time. You're His. Listen to me. If you ever doubt the desperation of God for you, look no further than the cross. There is not a God in this galaxy that was so desperate for you that He sent His Son to die for you other than the one true God. Amen? Jairus wasn't connected to Jesus at all. But he got in front of him and he asked for a miracle. Which blows the, the whole theory out of the water. That the more holy you are, the more God says yes to your prayer request. The Bible says the prayers of a righteous man, not a super holy fake man. Think, think about this: if you're a dad and you got a kid, understand when you see your kid sick, you would gladly trade places with your kid. No, nobody likes seeing their kid sick. And Jarius, his little daughter, we're later going to find out was twelve years old, isn't just sick she's dying. Like he's told, if you don't do something, she's going to die. All of a sudden, Jarius hears about Jesus being near and he realizes, you know what? Situation is beyond me. I can't do anything about it. I need to get to the place where I can see Jesus. Jarius gets to Jesus, falls on his feet, begs Jesus, please come help me. And Jerry and Jesus begins to walk with Jairus. He, he gets up there. Think about this. See the scene. He gets up there. My little girl is dying. I want you to heal her. Notice he's very, very, very specific, right? It's not that she's sick. It's that she's what? She's dying. That's a big difference, right? It's a big difference in sick and dying. Yes or no? Yeah, I mean, sick is, is fine, but dying is, is dying. That's, that's bad. This little girl is dying. And so there's some urgency in his voice. And it goes well because Jesus goes with them. And so if you're Jairus at this point, are you encouraged if you ask Jesus to heal your daughter and he's walking with you towards your daughter, yes or no? Yeah, I'm greatly encouraged. I go to Jesus, I ask him for something, he starts walking with me, we're making progress. We've got to get from here to over here. And when we get over here, we're going to see a miracle. Even though it's a process to get from here to over here, I'm dedicated to the process. I'm like, let's go, right? Let's let's do this. This is awesome. All of us are on board with that, yes or no? Yeah, but all of us have been in the place before Where we feel like Jesus is starting something in us and we're making progress, but then something happens. Something interrupts that progress. And that's what happens in this story. This is crazy. Verse 25, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. 12 years. How old is the little girl? How old? 12 years, right? I was going to try to do that on my fingers, but I, I don't have enough. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> stop. <laughs> it is Iowa. <laughs> 12 years, right? She has suffered for 12 years. The little girl is 12 years. Um, some people say this is a coincidence. Listen to me, there's no coincidences with God, right? There's no coincidence in divine providence. There's, there's just none. So anyway, so for 12 years, bleeding didn't stop. Think about that. In 12 years, do you think she might have lost some hope? Yes or no? Yeah, Th- this, this was an issue, this was a huge issue. It was a physical but it wasn't just a physical issue. It was a spiritual issue. Because she had constant bleeding, when you were bleeding, you were considered to be unclean. And because she was unclean, she couldn't go into the temple. And because she couldn't go into the temple, she couldn't appear before a high priest. And because she couldn't be appear before the high priest, she couldn't have her sins prayed for. And because she couldn't have her sins prayed for, she couldn't be forgiven. She was considered by everyone to be unclean. Unclean clean, unclean. Everybody knows what unclean is, right? She's unclean. And everybody knew about her condition. Everybody, everybody around her knew about her condition. Verse 26, she had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. You ever feel like that? Anybody ever feel like that? You're, You're like, all right, I'm gonna try this. Because they said, I'm going to get better. And and, and it got worse. Some people try so hard. Some of us get so desperate that we'll try anything to make it better. And there's some of us in the room, we know exactly what this is like. We're trying to get better. We're trying to do better. We're trying to do this. We're trying to do that. We want to get better. We want to get better. We want to get better. But instead of getting better, we get worse. Many of us know how this feels. But then something interesting happens. Watch this. Verse 27. She had heard about Jesus. Don't miss this. She had heard about Jesus. She doesn't know him. She just heard about him. It's not like she's rolling into the party. Hey, Jesus, what's that? Like she's not on a first name basis with him. She had heard about him. See, we've been taught in the church world, the more connected we are to Jesus, the more likely he is to say yes. In other words, if you dot your I's and you cross your T's and you do everything right, then if that's the case, then he's not God, he's a genie, and you rub the lamp and you get three wishes. But th- 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 That's not what God is. That's not, that's not who he is, right? When she heard about him, she doesn't even know him. So you've got two people in this story. Jarius, who most likely didn't like him, and the woman who didn't know him. This is crazy to me. Heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him. This is a little weird. Was a little stalkerish. Just gonna lay that out there. Came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. <laughs> How weird would that be? Seriously, like if you walked here today, you went to Walmart and you walked down the aisle, and someone just came up behind you and just went, "What are you doing, freak?" I just wanted to touch you. I just needed to touch you. That'd be weird, wouldn't it? Like, w- wouldn't that be weird? Get your camera out, sir. Surf- if you don't think it's weird, please go try it today. Please, go to Walmart and do that to somebody that you don't know. And then come back and tell me, you're right, pastor. That was weird. Verse 28. First, she thought to herself, if I could just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized that once healing power had come out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? You ever been making progress? And something got in your way. Yeah, you ever, ever happened to you? Happened to me this week. I rolled into High V, needed milk. That's that's all I needed. That's all I was sent to get. All right, needed to get milk. I, I know I should have gone to the gas station, but I didn't because God knew I needed a sermon illustration. For some reason all of the self-checkouts were closed. That's another message for another time, right? But only two lanes were open. Each had like three people waiting. And so I did the thing where I got in one line and I put imaginary Ryan in the other. Anybody, anybody do that? You don't put imaginary Ryan in there, you put imaginary you in there. Imaginary Ryan's cool to hang out with though. Um, but I got behind one lady. And again, I know what I said last week about waiting on people, and nobody likes to wait. And so God was like, joke's on you, preacher boy. Here we go. She gets all her stuff. She gets everything scanned. Everything's moving. Everything's good. She gets out her checkbook. And while she's writing her check, imaginary Ryan walks out the door. I'll be waiting on you in the Jeep. See ya. She's writing this check. I'm cool with that. I'm like, I can handle this. But then she flips her checkbook to the back. And she starts writing in the check registry, enters all the information. And then, true story, she took out a calculator and started (laughs) balancing her checkbook right there in front of me. Ask yourself, was Pastor Ryan a happy camper in this moment, yes or no? No, I was like, lady, you're holding up progress. I, I did this in my mind. I didn't do it out loud. Like In, in my mind, is what was going on. I'm like, I'm making progress. I've got the milk. I'm going to go home. I'm going to eat some cookies. Mary's going to be happy that I did what she asked me to do. I'm going to be happy. And this lady with her checkbook is holding up everything. That's the way some of us feel in life. We're making progress with Jesus and something happens that holds us up. Jairus is making progress with Jesus, and this woman comes up and grabs his clothes, which, which by the way, what is that? Like, like, like what is that? I'll tell you what it is, based on a passage of scripture in Leviticus, combined with a passage of scripture in Malachi, Jewish legend and tradition had it that the Messiah, when he actually showed up, he would actually have healing power in his clothes. And so the woman, when she grabbed the robe of Jesus, it was more than, I just want to touch the shirt of a rock star. When she grabbed his robe, she was saying, I believe you are the Messiah. And her belief that Jesus was the Messiah gave her the healing that the world had tried to provide for her for 12 years, it could never get right. Don't miss that. She, in that moment, believed, she didn't even know him, but she believed, you are the Messiah. And as soon as she touched his robe, she was what? She was healed. The Bible says immediately, immediately, because that's how Jesus works when Jesus works. Yes or no? Yes. Immediately, the bleeding stopped and she knew that she was healed. So Jesus is walking along, It says he knew that power went out from him. And he stopped. In verse 30 he said, who touched me? Who touched my robe? Now, here's my question. Not a a trick question. Just Just a question. Did a miracle happen, yes or no? Did it happen, yes or no? Yes. Was the woman happy, yes or no? Were the disciples happy they got to see a miracle, yes or no? Was the crowd happy they got to see a miracle, yes or no? Yeah, because everybody knew her condition, right? Everybody knew what was going on with her. What about Jarius? Remember him? What if you're Jarius in this story? You you ever looked at this through his point of view? Because you're making progress with Jesus. You're moving along. Jesus is doing exactly what you asked him to do. All of a sudden, you just stop. And he asked, who touched my robe? Who cares, Jesus? Somebody touched your robe. My, my, My daughter. My little girl, she's just a couple blocks away, Jesus. Let, let's go. Let's get over. Remember you said, remember, remember I asked you to heal her and you said, yes, you would heal her. And we started walking. She's right over there. And Jesus, you're going to ask who touched my robe? I can imagine Jerry is going, no, who, let's move. Who cares? Nobody knows. Jesus, nobody knows. Nobody's ever going to know. As a matter of fact, verse 31, his disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing against you. How can you ask who t-? like Jesus? Have you lost your mind? All these people, everybody's touched you. Every single person is rubbing against you, Jesus. But he kept on looking around, see who had done it. So I imagine Jairus and Jesus. That's the goal. You're walking towards the goal. He stops. Who touched my robe? The disciples was like, nobody knows, Jesus. And, and, and listen, what you and I need to get out of this, don't miss this. Sometimes the people closest to Jesus don't even understand what Jesus is doing. Sometimes those closest to Jesus don't understand what Jesus is doing. So there are going to be times where you and I don't understand what Jesus is doing in our lives and in the lives of people around us. That's why the Bible says His ways higher than our ways. His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. Jesus is trying to figure it out. Who touched me? Somebody made a statement. I want to know who made the statement. And, and the disciples are confused. And Jarius is confused. And just a quick question. Is Jarius frustrated? Yes or no? Yeah. You ever been frustrated with God? Have you ever been frustrated? I, I know in the church world you can't answer that. No. I just always accept what happens to me as a great blessing from the Lord. No, you don't. Stop it. Stop. I, I mean, your church face, yes. But, but in private... You're frustrated. Jarius is frustrated with God. It gets even crazier. Verse thirty-two. Then the frightened woman. Like, she, she, why is she frightened? Why? Why is she afraid? The frightened woman trembled at the realization of what had happened. To her came and fell on her knees in front of him, told him what she had done. I'm always reading this. Like, why? Why is she afraid? Because, because all of us are afraid of some things, right? I'm afraid of some things. You're afraid of some things. But why is she frightened that she touched Jesus? and got healed. That's a little bit weird, right? It is until you understand Jewish culture. See, because of her condition, as I said earlier, she was considered to be unclean. Jesus was clean. He was actually orthodox clean, which is way cleaner than clean could even be. And so for him, what was unclean was not allowed to touch what was clean. And so technically, because of religious rules, don't miss this, Because of religious rules, she could have been killed for touching Jesus and experiencing the miracle. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? That's why we've got to be careful of religious rules because religion will kill you when Jesus wants to heal you. Don't miss that. Religion will kill you. Jesus wants to heal you. Religion wanted to kill her, but Jesus healed her. Let, let, let me promise you something. If you ever got pushed away from church, you didn't get pushed away from church because of Jesus. You got pushed away because of religion. That's why. Religion pushes you away. That's another message for another time. I gotta keep going. She was scared that she was, she, she was afraid that she was going to die for experiencing a miracle. And I'd be willing to bet that there are some people in this room. You got healed, but people, people around you, They didn't like the way that you got healed. You didn't get healed the way that they thought you should get healed. And because of that, they can't handle it. And because that they can't handle your healing, they're still throwing stones at you. But listen to me, you've got to keep walking the way that Jesus wants you to walk. That's what's happening with Jairus. So much going on in the story. I don't have time to explain it all. Verse 34, he said to her, daughter, to me, that is awesome. That the first word that came out of his mouth doesn't communicate condemnation. It, it communicates connection. He's saying, hey, hey girl, we're, we're part of the same family. Daughter, this is so good. The story, not my preaching. <laughs> Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. L- listen, Jesus is always trying to lift us up. He's not trying to beat us down. Because think about Think about what kind of celebration was taking place in her life. Think about it for twelve years, constant bleeding. Here she comes up to the guy; doesn't even know him. Just reach out, touch his robe. All of a sudden, there's going to be this great big celebration. Everybody is going to be celebrating. Yes or no? Yeah, except for Jarius. Everybody's happy, but Jarius, because Jarius is like Jesus. You're wasting time. This woman, like, 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 seriously, twelve years. 12 years, she had the best doctors. No one could help her. Jesus, I just Jesus. Who, it doesn't matter who touched you. Jesus, let's go. You need to come with me. Get over here, heal my daughter. I will sing you songs. You are great. You are awesome. You just need to do what I'm asking you to do. Because if you're a dad and your little girl is sick and you're trying to get the person that you believe can heal your little girl to your little girl, anything that interrupts your plans makes you angry, yes or no? Yes, and this happens. While he was still speaking, messengers, notice this, not just one, messengers, messengers. I'm I'm pointing it out to say this, because we'll talk about this throughout this series. Misinformation comes from the multiple sources we allow to speak into our lives. Messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead, There's no use troubling the teacher now. You see the swipe they took at Jesus right here? The teacher. Oh, he's a great teacher, but he can't do the things he said he could do. Yeah, he's taught some really good stuff. Yeah, but if he could do some stuff, then he would have done some stuff. Hey, he's a great guy. He teaches some really good ethical, moral moral principles. But hey, he's nothing more than a teacher. And right now, just leave him alone. The reason I point this out is because some of you, this is the point where you are where you feel like I've been making progress for Jesus and the progress stopped and, and you don't know why you're stuck and everybody around you is telling you quit. Just stop. Why don't you just give up? Why don't, it's, it's crazy for you to continue to have all of this faith when everything is working against you. Just stop. Just stop. He, he, he might change other people. He can't change you. Which is why I come back to the original question. For every single one of us focus on. What do I intentionally do on a daily basis to put my focus on Jesus? What do I intentionally do to put my focus on what Jesus says is true rather than the lies that the world tells us? Because right here, you've got Jesus and Jarius, and, and, and I believe they're, they're locking eyes. And, and, and I'm Jarius in his mind is thinking, how could you let this happen? Are you kidding me? My little girl's not dead because you stopped. Mark tells us in verse 36 but Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, Don't be afraid, just have faith. Don't be afraid, just have faith. Six words. Six words. And maybe that's God's message to some of you today. Don't be afraid, just have faith. Don't be afraid. Just have faith. For Jarius, this is crazy. Now, now, for us, this is not crazy because we've read the rest of the story. But J- Jarius hasn't read this story yet. In fact, he doesn't even know what it meant. He, he doesn't even know what's going on. Let me tell you why. Up until this point, Mark's gospel—don't no don't miss this. This is huge. Up until this point in Mark's gospel, Jesus had healed people, but he had never brought anybody back from the dead. And so, what Jarius had in mind what was was not anything compared to what jesus had in mind because what jarius thought was an interruption was actually a divine intervention so that at the end of the journey jarius could have more faith not less you, you see what's happening in this story do, do you see this jesus looks at him and says hey hey hey, hey calm down i've heard all the misinformation I, I i hear them telling you your daughter's dead but i got something better in mind jarius I got something that is going to flip you out. It's better than what you could have asked for. And maybe that's what he's saying to some of you today. Because aren't you glad, honestly? Aren't you glad he doesn't say yes to everything you asked for? Aren't you glad? I mean, it's frustrating. Yes or no? It's frustrating, isn't it? Because Jerry has asked for his daughter to be healed and somebody else got healed. Isn't it frustrating when you're asking for something and somebody else gets blessed? God, please give me a new job. And your friend gets a new job. God, please let me get a new car. And your neighbor gets a new car. God, please allow me to have a breakthrough. And your friend gets a breakthrough while you're still stuck. Jairus is frustrated. And he's looking at Jesus. And Jesus is like, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Watch this. Verse 37. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. I love this. I love this. He stopped the crowd. He's like, hey, all of you, all of you spouting your lies, you're not going to believe what's about to happen. You're giving all of this information, and so you fools just stay right here. Just stay. This is why I believe that people ask me today as a pastor, I've been asked this for all 25 years I've been in ministry. Ryan, why does it seem like God was so active in the Bible and did so many miracles back then, but he doesn't do any miracles today? I believe that's partially a good question because, see, I don't believe he does as many miracles Today, as he did back then, I believe he actually does more. I believe God is doing miracles all over the world every single day. And I believe the reason we don't see them is because like the crowd... We buy into the misinformation that even though Jesus did it back then, he can't do it today. But Jesus said, I'm looking for some people that has faith that I can still heal, that I can still do big things, that I can still perform miracles. Let us find those people. And those people will not doubt the power of God is as powerful today as it has ever been. Amen. And so Jesus told the people that weren't going to believe, uh, you stay, you stay right here. I got a miracle working and I'm only going to take the people with me that have faith to believe. And by the way, Jarius, you can come too because you're going to believe and it's going to be crazy. I'm going to blow your mind. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? Child isn't dead. She's only asleep. (laughs) What? Think about this. If you're there and you know what you know. You you know, I mean, surely somebody checked her pulse, right? Surely somebody did the thing on the neck or did this thing and somebody put a mirror underneath her nose to see if it was fogging up. I mean, you know when somebody is dead and Jesus shows up and says, she ain't dead, she's just asleep. Are you a little bit offended at Jesus, yes or no? Yeah, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Look at verse 40. The crowd laughed at him. Now, let me ask you this question. As the crowd laughed at Jesus, how do you think Jarius felt? Probably felt pretty stupid, right? So what do you do? What do you do if you're Jarius? Do you believe the lies? Do you believe the misinformation going on around you? Or do you trust Jesus? Do you trust that he's the way, the truth, and the life? Do you believe his good news? Because Jesus said, don't be afraid just believe but in this point she's dead just believe what just believe what jesus but he made them all leave and he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was laying holding her hand now i could preach a whole entire message just on this phrase right here and here's why this is an unbelievable miracle because the little girl she wasn't sick anymore she was what she was dead. And according to Old Testament law, you weren't allowed to touch something that was dead. Because if something clean touched something that was dead, they became unclean. And I told you, Jesus was actually orthodox clean. And so Jesus, being clean, couldn't touch what was unclean. But don't miss this. Jesus, even though it was a rule, don't touch. Jesus values relationship over rules. And because Jesus values relationship over rules, he took the hand of someone who was dead, and the person who was dead came back to life. I'm excited about that. The reason I'm excited about that is because that's my story. Listen, I wasn't a bad person that needed to become a good person. I was a dead person that needed to come alive. And the only reason I was able to come to life is because Jesus took my hand when I was dead and brought me back to life. That's my story. That's the gospel. That's what happens when we receive Jesus. Isn't that awesome? That's not even the best part. Verse 41, holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha kahum, which means little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Listen, I got to shut this thing down. But if you're here today and you feel like you've broken some rules, you you need to hear me. Jesus values a relationship more than the rules you broke. And he's calling you home today. He's calling you home. Because Jarius, so let me ask you this question. How do you think he felt when he saw his little girl come back to life? I, I could tell you how I would feel. I'd be running around screaming at the top of my lungs. I'd be, I'd be freaking out. And I wouldn't be mad at Jesus for not giving me what I asked him for. I'd be thankful because he gave me more than what I asked him for. And don't miss us, don't miss us, don't miss us. If Jarius would have bought into the misinformation instead of Jesus he would have buried his blessing. If Jairus would have listened to the misinformation rather than to Jesus, he would have walked away. He would have walked away from this moment over here with the woman and he would have went home and buried the daughter that Jesus wanted to bring back to life. The reason we need to pay attention to Jesus, the reason we need to pay attention to the truth of Jesus instead of the misinformation of the world is because if we pay attention to the misinformation, we will bury the blessing Somebody needs to hear that today. Don't bury your blessing. Don't bury your blessing. Keep believing. Don't bury your blessing. Keep believing. Maybe you were making progress with Jesus and it all got stopped. And when it got stopped, you got frustrated because you felt like other people around you were getting blessed and you feel like you missed the train. But Jesus is saying, I didn't give you what you asked for because I have something better in mind. Jesus always has something better in mind. Always. His thoughts are higher. His ways are greater. He's always got more in mind. What was the greater miracle? This is my last question for you. What was the greater miracle? Healing the sick or raising the dead? They're, they're both pretty sweet miracles, right? But honestly, which one's greater? I, I'm going with, like, if I'm a superhero and I get to choose my superpower, you're going to have healing the sick all day. I'm taking raising the dead, baby. Like, that's a cool power. Jesus had a greater miracle in mind than just healing a sick little girl. And so through Jairus's pain, through Jairus's frustration through Jairus' anger, through Jarius's disappointment, what he needed to realize the whole time, the reason that Jesus didn't do what he asked him to do is because Jesus had a greater plan in store. And the same Jesus, the same Jesus that was here 2,000 years ago is here today. And the reason maybe he's not doing what you're asking him to do is more than likely because he has greater things in store for your life. Things that will absolutely blow your mind because that's the kind of God we serve. So stop listening to the misinformation of the world and start focusing on Jesus. Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Let's pray.